Welcome to Play Nice Radio, where it's all romantic, all the time. Okay, uh, welcome to the second episode of Play Nice Radio. I meant to do a sound effect. Play Nice Radio. I don't know how well that works. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll sort something in post-production for that. But, no, you uh, won't. Well, yeah, one of, the, um, one of the things I said about this, Kyle, was that uh, limited editing would take place. But I, I've got a feeling. I thought we were doing any editing. I've, I may have changed my mind on that. <laughs> I'm I'm one of your hosts. I'm Sean Clark. I've got the second host with me, the second regular Steve. host, and that is Steve Evans, the lazy pirate. Lazy pirate. And the third co-host chair, or second co-host chair, maths isn't a strong point. Uh, I have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself, please? Sure. Hey, everybody. I am Kyle Prezelinski from Manta Games, uh, Mastercrafted, uh, Kings of War, massive major nerd fan. And uh, Sean and Steve have asked me kindly to be here, and uh, I couldn't think of a better way to spend a afternoon. So, yeah, let's get started. You need to get out more, Kyle. Really. It's a weird thing. I actually like doing this. That's... We are hugely yes. grateful. I, w- I won't tell you uh, what Steve said to me when I hey, told him that I reached out to you. <laughs> to you be careful there, Sean. <laughs> there was a massive uh, fanboy moment, let's say that. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so uh, listen, uh, it, we're really grateful that you're taking the time to speak to us. Um, we do claim now uh, to be the number one mantic centric uk podcast uh, hey. with, the down, with the downfall of weight of fire and frantic gamers we're hoping <laughs> to learn by their mistakes that's all good and, and that's, that's nothing Do you guys want to cover all kinds of things mantic not just kings of war yeah yeah absolutely yeah. so uh the the general premise that we set out with was that we looked around about the hour mark um with half on panathor and you may be able to see the map I don't know. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's great. The map of Panicor behind me. Uh, and half in the Warpath universe, but dependent on who we get onto the show. And obviously, you're very well known within the Kings of War community. Although, also, I guess you've got a whole grasp of the Mantic worlds. Uh, sure. Being a Mantic employee. Yeah, it's a big part of uh, what we do. I think that not a lot of people realize that we're just a bunch of nerds. I mean, we just like playing the games and, and being a part of it. And that's sort of the core of what Mantic is. And, and you'll find, I mean, the more that I've gone over there and met with those guys and seen it, it, that's just what it is. It's just people that really enjoy doing this stuff. And it's just a passionate group of uh, like-minded individuals that like to play games and like to bring games to people. So it fits very well. It's, it's a very attractive proposition, isn't it? Mantic. I, I'm very old, Kyle. Um, probably, <laughs> Twice your age. Sure, you're not loud, mate. We're about the same age, aren't we? Come on. We've got a combined age of over 100, Kyle. So okay. There you go. I'll let you work the maths out. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. We're not that old. Honest. Honest. 
Over 100. <laughs> I keep telling that myself anyway. So we've both been around the block somewhat um, within the and the the fantasy war game in and sci-fi war game and historical war game. So sure. both of us are huge Mantic fanboys, which is is why we're here. And, and we love everything Mantic does. But um, to get the show on the road, Kyle, I just wonder if you could give us a bit of a, a background to who you are. Obviously, we know you work for Mantic. Um, and we know you're from Mastercrafted too. But just a, a little bit of a potted history of how you got into this hobby and how you ended up sitting in front of that microphone staring sure. at us to all mugs. <laughs> so I, I am kind of a late bloomer when it comes to war games in general uh i had a friend of mine that uh we lived in charlotte north carolina and we would go down to uh a store that was a gw store we didn't even know that it was a gw store like we had no Mm -hmm. concept of the connection of what those things were uh we would go just to do the free demo they they would have the red shirts there doing you know, uh, some kind of demo and we'd, we'd play the demo and that was just sort of how we wasted a little bit of time. And that was my very first exposure to it. And I was maybe, uh, eighth grade, you know, uh, middle school, somewhere around 13, 12 years old, somewhere in there. And I didn't play or collect anything at that time. Uh, we were way more into video games at that point. Mm-hmm. And there was a game for the PC called Dawn of War that was a 40 K oh, yeah. real time strategy. And that's what we played. And we would get on and team up together to play other people on, in online matches and those, and those things. So, uh, we, we sort of had like this perfect strategy we'd go into. We had a ton of fun sort of playing it together. And it led to one day walking through a popular bookstore over here and seeing the logo on one of the books. And I was like, Oh, they got books. I'm going to read one of the books. And it ended up being one of the horse heresy novels. And, when I read the book, I was like, this is a really cool, like, this is way more involved than I thought just the video game, you know, gave the impression of. So I picked the, picked the rest of the books up that they had. I think there was only three released at the time and I just churned through them. And then all of a sudden that light bulb went off that, Oh, those miniatures that we were playing with is the same mm-hmm. thing that this is. So we found an actual hobby shop that was in Charlotte that wasn't just the GW, it was just a local game store. Uh, we went down there, we checked out stuff. We, we both bought, uh, the armies basically and tried to recreate them exactly as what we were doing in Dawn of War. And we only played each other. Uh, we both ended up going to school in Florida, uh, Winter Park. It's right outside of Orlando. And we were both going for the same thing, which was computer animation. So I was learning how to, uh, do 3D design, make things move, make video games, make movies. All that kind of thing. I had all kinds of stories in my head and I was like, you know, that this is, I just want to take nerd stuff that I like and put those stories into place and make it so other people can enjoy it and have fun with it. And that was, that was the idea at the time. I'm going to go learn how to get into that industry. That seems to be an up and coming thing. And we played war games while we were down there and we had a small D and D group. Uh, those guys sort of jumped on playing 40 K with us at the time. Uh, and one guy, his name was Ryan. He, played Warhammer Fantasy. And he was my first introduction to anything Warhammer Fantasy. And I started collecting vampire accounts at the time. And I just really liked the models. I was doing it purely collecting, painting. We rarely had a chance to play. We were going to school. Uh, it was an accelerated program. So we were, it was, you know, 
eight to 12 hour days of, of lecture and lab and doing all these things. So it was very rare to do anything other than this was me stepping away and getting a little bit of hobby in. And after I graduated, went out to Santa Clara, as you saw, worked for a <laughs> video game company for a little while. Uh, that's where I met uh, my wife and she happened to be all the way on the other side of the country where I had grown up. And I made the decision to leave California and come back here. And where I am now is a very obscure part of Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, that the closest point of reference is Pittsburgh. Uh, so when people ask me where you're from, I say the Pittsburgh area because I'm, okay. I don't live in Pittsburgh. But uh, if you look out my window, it's just trees. So it takes a, a little under an hour to get to Pittsburgh. So that's the closest thing that we do for, you know, dinners and fancy things. And uh, there's no one here to play war games with either. So oh, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> from college to pretty much uh, my jobs getting coming back here, couldn't work in video games. I found a job at uh, AT&T, which is a mobile carrier here in the States. And I sold cell, cell phones. And, uh, I was, I was good at it. It was great. Um, and one of the regional managers was a guy named Caleb Watson, who one day when I was doing my regular hobby stuff on my personal Facebook, he was friends with me as we worked together. I posted a picture of an Eldar model mm-hmm. and Caleb just goes, hold, hold on. You, you actually play that? And I was just like, well, I, I don't play it, but I'd like to. He's, I got all kinds of stuff. And so. You know, in the middle of nowhere, we found I found somebody without a game store, without, you know, any kind of connection just through work that he happened to have it. And we played it and we started getting uh, some games in. We we had a small uh, group of guys that played. Um, we we called the group Mastercrafted, uh, which was a spin on the 40K, you know, a Mastercrafted plasma pistol or something like that. And uh, there was, I don't know, maybe 10 of us that would get together at least once a month and we'd have it like kind of a one day tournament. We'd kind of go around playing games all the time. And that's when I said to Caleb, hey, I always wanted to play fantasy, too. Any interest in, in doing fantasy with me? And it was like, yeah, sure, that's great. And he went on to Barter Town and bought a whole uh, Beastman army and dropped $600 on it, I think. It was painted. It was ready to go. Like, we were in it deep and playing. And GW's like, hey, we're, we're getting ready to release this thing called End Times. Check this out. And we were like, oh, this sounds great. All these, you know, big battles and amazing things that could do, you know, wonderful over the top kind of crazy things. And we're like, all right, we're in with play. And then obviously what happened happened. <laughs> we suddenly didn't have the game that oh, we thought dear. we were playing. Uh, we put some pretty big investments into it. And Caleb was the one that found Kings of War. And he was like, I think we should give this a shot. There's people that are looking at it and saying, maybe we should, you know, check this out. And I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, put some models on the table and played one game. And we were like, this is better. This is better than 4k. It was like, like it felt like what we were doing mattered. It wasn't just random dice rolls that we were throwing on the table and just like, all right, these guys are going to shoot these guys. These guys are going to charge here. Um, Suddenly it seemed like there was this ocean of information that you had to grasp in what you were doing and putting it all together in a way that would make sense and make it competitive was like, Oh man, this has got some serious potential. So we both kind of like, all right, well let's look up some battle reports and see if we can learn some strategies and that kind of thing. And there was nothing, nothing. And he was like, 
well, you know how to do video stuff, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I haven't done it in a while, though. And he was like, let's let's do some battle reports. He was like, if there's nothing out there, we might as well make some. And I was like, all right, yeah, why not? We had no expectations for what anything was going to be. Um, we just figured we're two guys in the basement playing some games and what's going to come of it. And turns out that quite a lot of people were also looking for battle reports at that exact same time and needed something to see the game before they could, you know, invest and play in it and know what it was. So they just wanted to see what it was. And so Caleb and I were unapologetically us in, in our basement games on YouTube. Um, just two guys having a blast, uh, and trying to figure out a war game. And I think a lot of people just really resonated with that. And therefore, uh, Kings of War suddenly started to have a foothold because, there was a source of information for it and more people started to convert. Um, at that point in time, I think the U S masters con- said that they are going to do Kings of war instead of ninth age or, you know, age of Sigmar. They were like, no, we are going to play this. And, and it sort of just kept snowballing from there. Um, this is a, this is a really long answer to a question you asked me. This is what the yeah. viewers come for. Kyle. A real juice. Um, Caleb <laughs> K- was great. We went to con. Um, we, we met Ronnie, we met the whole crew and it was like, when you, when you go to a booth and you meet the CEO of the company and he's like, Oh, I've seen your videos. It's like, wait, what? Like you, you were watching our stuff. Um, it was just, it was just blew my mind. Um, suddenly it wasn't just two guys having a hobby in their basement, but it was, it was, it was a purpose to, it. you know, there was a real something and, it, it it means so much more to me than I think anybody realizes because that whole story and ramble that I just went through, you know, I went into school to get into something to, to share what I thought was a passion of stories and uh, just general nerdy stuff. And I wanted to get into it to share things with other people. Uh, that never happened to me. Uh, it, it fell apart because I decided to move back with my family uh, in the area generally. Uh, back in the East Coast, and I figured it was never going to come through. Um, but then it did happen. You know, it happened in a completely different and unexpected way. But it still, it still worked out, you know. Um, so for me, it's kind of like proof of concept that what I wanted to do with my life was able to still happen, even though it didn't happen in the way that I thought it would. Yeah. So. I love this. I love that I'm doing something that actually impacts a game world. Um, I'm helping a company grow. I'm, I'm with people that also want to do the same thing. Uh, when I walk into a tournament and, and people, I have no idea who they are. You know, I recognize names. I see your name on Facebook, but if I saw you in person, I don't know you, but they know yeah. me. And that's just such a cool and rewarding thing. For when when people just say, "Hey, I'm I'm here playing this game. I've made friends. I've met people that I consider lifelong friends now." And that first step into it was because of something that you did. I mean, yeah. that's just crazy cool. So I'm committed. I'm I'm in 100% to what Mantic is doing. Um, I'm into what you guys are doing because this is you're you're doing the same kind of thing. You know, when you tell me. I want to do a podcast with you in the middle of the day or early in the evening for you guys. Uh, it's the same thing. If somebody comes across your podcast and joins this and starts to 
get into the game because of what they heard right here, right now. Um, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's yeah, all we're yeah, trying yeah. to do is just have yeah. fun and get the most out of life. So, yeah. So you, you've turned that into a career, haven't you? That passion. Yeah. That you yeah. Have that's is now your career. Yeah. So, so what is your role then uh, within Mantic, Kyle? And how long have you been with the company? So I've been with Mantic since uh, April of nineteen, and I had been doing things with them prior with videos. So some Kickstarter videos that were done, uh, Star Saga, Vanguard, I did those videos. I think that they saw some of the, the things that I had done and that I was involved with them. And, and as a small company, they were just trying to, you know, get people that were helping them to help them further. And so I, I helped them with some Kickstarter videos and that was good fun. But I had applied a couple of times. I had talked to Ronnie and, and just sent him a, Hey, if there is ever something I can do at your company, I want to do it. Yeah. And was patient. Nothing really came up. Uh, they posted a North American, like the head of sales basically over here. And I was like, yes. Uh, I, the, the posting went up and I applied and, um, Martin Thurwell over there told me he was like, you were, you were the first one in my inbox. Like it was immediate. <laughs> um, and I was just incredibly excited and, wanted to be a part of it. So I've been there for, it'll be going on three years now, as crazy as that seems. Wow. Um, in, in April this spring. So heading up and primary role is to get product into stores in the U S which has been a long, you know, two and a half, three year process to this point to do so, because, you know, prior to, uh, me coming on Mantic was even smaller and just hadn't grown quite a bit the way that you, you would want. And um, so my role has been to just get uh, as much stuff into stores and to get retailers to believe in the products that we have so that we could do growth in that sort of organic way where somebody walks into a store and says, what's this? I want to check it out. Um, that, that, that's what I do primarily secondary. Uh, we all wear different hats. Uh, but, you know, very recently I've gotten a lot more involved with Kings of War. They, they, uh, I, I went to Ronnie, Matt, who primarily were running things with Kings of War and just said that I, I play the game. I see the game. I know it very well. And I'm inside here. I feel like I should have a more involvement in what we're doing. Um, and they agreed. And, uh, I felt like, you know, if I understood what we could do that would stimulate sales and stimulate, you know, rules in accordance with that without going the GW route of uh, only the new stuff we make is good. They, they, there was a place for that. So uh, they brought me in with the rules committee and talking to Matt and, and Ronnie, we kind of developed a approach for what we wanted to do for this most recent Clash of Kings book and how that was going to kind of come together to stimulate Kings War in general, because the, the, the worst thing was that we released third edition in October and pandemic hits and, yeah. and it, yeah, yeah, just horrible timing, but you can't control that. You know, there's nothing you no. can do about it, but when, when the pandemic, you know, you see, start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, how do you really say, let's, let's go, let's get back in this and get this where it was before. Uh, we really needed a good clash of Kings book. So, uh, you know, the, the rules committee has been instrumental in that process. The amount of work that went on in the past, you know, year, is what it was 
can't be overstated. Uh, the amount of play testers, the amount of people that were involved in everything that happened. Uh, but it really started from Mantic's point of view when I said, we have to do this. And we put that plan in place and then they brought me in and, and I made sure that the rules committee had everything they, they could possibly need or want to uh, get everything going. And so I'm very heavily involved in Kings of War now, you know, from a design standpoint, too. What a journey. Yeah. What a journey that is from from you and Caleb first finding this game and realizing yeah. there's not an awful lot of presence on the YouTubes to now being a, mo- a real mover and player within the development and the future of the game. That, that's quite a journey. It I is, feel like uh, I should stand up and applaud, actually. Yeah, it's an amazing that's story. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> well, I love that. I love that because, uh, and, and I know Steve feels the same, that the passion that comes across from that's you, right. Kyle, not, not, not just the passion, but the knowledge that you've got for this game. I literally have sat down and listened to every single second of the Clash of Kings coverage, uh, where you're commentating with Rob. Yeah. And I absolutely know Rob would never put himself up as a subject matter <laughs> expert. Uh, and hence you're in the booth with him. Sure. <laughs> you're the, you're the John Madden. Of the play by play and the color. Yeah. yeah, the yeah, comment- yeah, yeah. During the commentary, you could hear the fear in Rob's voice every time you, you, you went out of the room, Carl. That's when he started talking about things like test match special and, uh, his son's football result, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> That's okay. He's, he's, it's great because, you know, the same kind of thing happened with him. Um, we were on that cast and he saw games being played and he kind of saw, uh, what, you know, especially players like Tom were doing to people and, and he was just incredibly inspired and was like, I really, I, like, I, I feel like I get Kings of War now. I feel like I want to, like, jump in and be a part of it. And so he was sending me lists that he was making for salamanders and, uh, He's just got really excited and was was all about it. So Kings of War is a game, I think, from a distance that people can look at and say, well, sure, that looks fun. It's a fantasy war game. It is what it is. But until that light bulb sort of clicks on what you can accomplish strategically, uh, it's not quite there. You know, it's it's it doesn't quite hit your itch because. For some people, I mean, they look at it and they say, okay, I love the, the multi-basing. I love that you can do diorama style. I love that you can use any miniatures that you want. Um, and, and Mantic, you know, knows that that's a part of the game. It's generally something that we accept because ultimately we would rather have people playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you see all those things. And, and I think that people from the outside, they look at it and they go, oh, that's cool. But what the question I always ask Ronnie is that what, when you're looking at a game, what makes you say, I'm going to leave the game that I'm currently playing in yeah. order to play this instead? And that goes for Dead Zone. That goes for King's War. I mean, any of those things. What what are you going to convert your group of friends that you're playing with to want to play it? Um, what makes you want to be a part of it? And for me, the number one thing for King's War has always been the community. But right underneath that is just how much freaking fun it is when you're trying to play a game and either, either you start to lose and you start to see a way to get out of that loss or you're winning. And then all of a sudden your opponent hits you in, in ways that you didn't expect. And you're like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta salvage <laughs> this or hope it doesn't go to seven. Um, 
and, and that can happen in any war game, but I don't know. There's something about it in Kings of War that just really makes it feel like you're more in control of what happens. When you make a yeah. mistake and you get caught in a mistake, you're like, oh, that was me. That was my fault. I did that. It's not just something gimmicky and stupid that happened. Um, when you get beat, it feels like you got beat. Yeah. You know, like I actually lost, you know, yeah. and, and that makes losing easier somehow. Yeah. No, I can see that. My, my experiences, uh, probably mirrors yours a little bit, Kyle, in that I, I sought out content on YouTube and found yourself. Um, yeah. Not, uh, particularly with the, um, Caleb era, more with the Jesse era. Jesse. Um, uh, God bless Peter Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, we'll always raise a glass to Jesse over this side of the pond. Um, but Steve is, is my, is the expert on the cast for Kings of Hell hey. because you've got, you well, you've got how many armies have you got painted? I think I'm on my 18th at the moment. Oh, 18 man. arms <laughs> painted. <laughs> and they're all at least 3,000 points. Some are up to, I think my Bass Lands and my Visible Dwarfs are both 5,000. Wow. That, that, that's a collection. Yeah, I got a little bit of addiction, shall we say. That's okay. That's a good thing. <laughs> I don't think my miss thinks that at times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm, I'm relatively new to the game, as, as in sort of the last couple of years or so. Um, I was always, the thing with me, I was always an avid, um, Warhammer player, fantasy player. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I played every single edition of Warhammer, um, from the first edition all the way through to, to eighth and um when when it died there was nothing else around and then yeah i got playing king's war a friend at a club stuff actually it was it was just i think it was second edition just the beginning of second edition mm-hmm. and i seen them playing it and i was like wow what's this this is just looks just like warhammer yeah, you start yeah. playing it and you go this is better than warhammer yeah this is the fantasy game that i always wanted right you know yeah. and and the story, as I've heard it, is that it's the fantasy game that Alessio wanted to write for yeah. Warhammer Fantasy and yeah. wasn't able to. So Ronnie yeah. said, hey, come write it for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I played quite a bit of uh, Warhammer Fantasy myself, and I can remember one of the guys coming to my local club with the little booklet, the four-page pamphlet yep. thing, really, which was the first... Very first edition. First edition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even before the, the harp, the original mm. first edition hardback was released. Um, and Alessio had just written it and it really intrigued us back then, but it, it didn't really take hold because Warhammer got such a grip on my club. Mm. But then mm. when the world blew up, literally, um, the old world blew up, um, it, it sort of died a death. And I'm now just at the beginning of starting that community locally. Um, and it, it's gone great guns post COVID. You're right, yeah. uh, Kyle. I think clearly the timing was very unfortunate. Uh, you know, there's bit, there's far more important things in the world than toy soldiers, clearly. Yeah. But, um, uh, the, the timing for the release was unfortunate in that, uh, it didn't get the exposure perhaps with the events and the, the coverage that it could have done had it have, uh, third edition landed. Uh, in non-COVID times. Um, but now we're coming out of the pandemic this side of the ocean, uh, and, and worldwide. 
there's the it seems to have caught the imagination locally, yeah. and I'm really trying to stoke the fires yeah. and, and get people involved as much as possible within Kings of War. The amount of events that have suddenly popped up and the way yeah. they're selling mm-hmm. out at the moment is ridiculous. Literally, mm-hmm. if you didn't buy your ticket, I just signed up for a tournament um, uh, today, and it was literally only went up yesterday. And it's only a small tournament. I think there's 20, 24 players. But literally, it went up last night, and by this morning, there was um, two tickets left. I bought the last two tickets, and that was it. Absolute amazing. You'll be aware of this, though, Kyle. Um, I know you know the UK scene quite well, but um, two hours is a long way for us. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You'll you'll go down to the local shop for a pint of milk in the States (laughs) for two hours. Like I said, my city is an hour away, so. There you go. But here, uh, and, and I know that uh, it's topical at the moment with the, uh, the the venue for Pasha Kings next year. We won't go into that. That's uh, that's ongoing. Uh, with the, we'll wait until we speak to, to Rob London. next 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 um, episode. Well, Rob can yes. actually speak to you more on that, just because I don't know. <laughs> All right, okay, yeah. yeah I don't know so. the UK scene well enough to know why it matters and why it's <laughs> bad or good or otherwise. Well, exactly, exactly. You go for a little stroll down to London from where we are. <laughs> Yeah, it's a long way. Um, but so yes, Kings of War. Um, I I really got into Kings of War through yourself, Carl. So thank you very much for that. And and Steve's obviously been mad into it with all those armies. And I'm I'm buried at the moment under a lot of metal, resin, and plastic with elves. Elves is my big kick at the moment. Yeah. Um, and in the last podcast, uh, I challenged Steve to write me a list. Uh. To, to potentially to take to events next year. What do you mean uh, potential? There's no potential. Oh, no, about no, definitely it. to take to you, events. You will be to... taking it. I will You're be doing. Things. That's what we agreed. My my problem, Kyle, is I I'm not a very competitive person in in the wargaming world. Sure. I, I love the fluff. I love the stories. I love the narrative. And I will choose a unit because I, I like the look of it. I, the idea of spam lists, and mm-hmm. I know that was a big feature of. The last of the Clash of Kings, there was a lot of talk about spam lists mm-hmm. and, and flying halflings and things. So for me, it's all about the look of the models and, you know, really, I mean, I'm pretty rubbish at these games, let's face it. So I, I can't hold any illusion to being a good player, but uh, it's, it's all about the, the look of the things. But what I want Steve to do is just talk through that list and then I'd really like an honest opinion from... Yeah. From our subject matter expert that we have on the cast, somebody okay. actually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so, Steve, t- take us through this list. So, uh, sorry, the basic premise was then uh, Steve would write this list for me to take to events um, based upon what I got available at yeah. home. So, I tell you right now, I'm a big fan of it. Just, just reading you did it. So. Re- Okay, cool. Yeah, you did mind adding a little bit, but not too much. So you basically, you had the core, and um, you also wanted me to um, make sure I tried to fit in um, uh, some of the new stuff from yes. from from Clash. So, so we're going to start then, aren't we? So yeah, we'll start, go off for with, um, start off with the two regiments of Glade Stalkers. Mm. So these are uh, the uh, are these the new hotness kind? The new hotness, yeah. Highly contested during playtesting. And they mm-hmm. were tweaked a couple of times. Uh, I have to take blame because the Glade Stalkers were my idea. Because they're different so, for all three elves. Yeah, right. so they're different for all three elves. And that's Lovely. that's the 
sort of key thing. We, we had a situation with third edition where it sort of felt, at least in my opinion, and I think others probably shared it, where the armies felt a bit samey. And yeah. there's a lot of armies. There's there's so many factions. And they felt like it was too easy to just, like, you could go for... I mean, Steve, you could probably speak to this very well, owning 19, uh, <laughs> that, you know, going between one army to another, it can, it can feel, well, this is just another version of that same unit that I was taking yeah, before. definitely. Um, so how do you change that, especially with the master and themeless mechanic and, and introducing, you know, units that were taken from a master list, which was elves and in the theme list of Sylvan Ken and Twilight Ken, but really make them feel like they were different in the different armies, so that you were playing something different. And so that's where we came up with these, you know, the, the glade stalkers and their three different iterations. Uh, the Sylvan Ken ones were the ones that were hotly contested during playtesting because at one point in time they had ignores cover, which was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> It was gross. So uh, they've been toned back. I actually think that the the elf ones in the core <laughs> list are incredibly good because they, they do all the things. Um, the Twilight ones are the ones that I play with. So, you know, I Twilight Kin is what I've been playing primarily in third edition. And they are way more combat oriented because mm-hmm. they have the poison mechanic, which is basically the hammer measured force as a unit rule. and the, they don't have steady aim. So moving and shooting is not an advantage of theirs where they did have that before. The elf ones having steady aim makes a very mm-hmm. big difference. So, but and melee three as well. So when they get into combat, yeah, if they get any flanks. What's it? Um, can they attack? Are they now 12 attacks on a regiment? 12 on the regiment. 10 Eight on true. threes in the flank. Yeah. You get a bane chant off them, off on them as well. That's gross. That's going like to sting. That's it? very good. Yes. That is going to sting. That's basically your palace guard horde worth of attacks. And with our unit strength going up to three as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to be patient and sit back and shoot with them, you can, and you can, you have a much better chance of contesting, you know, a control area or a dominate something like that, even invade. You can be patient with them and move them and that's kind right, of skirt yeah. them. And that twenty-four inch range on the bows. I mean, that's just it's just really nice to. Yep. You can use them however you want. It's the, I mean, their weakness is their defense, really. Um, but if they're annoying enough, and that's the best way to play them. Well, the idea of the plan with this is to for them to flank the, the next unit um, yes. here. And when you've got this next unit advancing towards you, do you really want to be bothering shooting the um, the glaze stalkers? You know? Correct. And you've got a, a horde of palace guards also advancing towards you. With chance of hate. With chance of hate. That's just mean. You didn't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally uncalled for. Kyle, I absolutely give you uh, free reign to uh, smack Steve down because I don't want to go to events with a list that people will not talk to me. No, no, no. You're okay. No, you're all right, mate. You're all right. <laughs> yeah. With, with elite and vicious, I mean, every, everyone in the game, I think, knows and recognizes that a horde of palace guard is something that they do not want to be touched by. That's that's a bad touch. Let's keep um, you know, all the the predators out there away from away from the bad touch. So uh, <laughs> the horde of palace guard is something that you're going to have to protect because yeah. that's the threat. But what Steve is trying to do here is set you up so that the glade stalkers uh, are more ignored, which makes them infinitely better. 
So you can use that distraction that the palace well, that's right. To the whole idea being you've got those three units together advancing towards the enemy. And what do I do? Do I try and kill the glaze stalkers? Do I try and kill the palace guard? If I get yeah. into the palace guard, I get hit by the glaze stalkers. Plus, with the steady aim with the glaze stalkers, there still can be plinking away. Yeah, you're plinking still shooting away, as you're moving away. up. I, d- I did hear during the commentary on the Clash of Kings, Kyle, uh, you commentated on a game where an elf player got three hordes of palace guard. Yeah. Uh, yeah is that three times as good? <laughs> uh, it depends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for me, that's a lot of frontage. You've, you're taking mm-hmm. up a lot of board space yeah. to have something Definitely. like that. And that can be unwieldy. It's very easy to double charge that kind of unit and take it off triple charge, you know, in some cases. Mm-hmm. And, and that suddenly becomes a problem. I, I'm a big fan. You know, this is a good center when you're looking at your deployment. Uh, you want something that can stick around. Their nerve is still pretty decent. And I, I think that what Steve is doing is a little bit nicer for you. I mean, there are a lot of points too. That's the other thing you got to consider. Yeah. There, yeah. It's a big points investment. So, uh, to me, this is a good balanced choice and it's not going to make people roll their eyes at you. Good. So <laughs> I'm very sensitive, Kyle. I, I, I don't <laughs> want any eye rolling. Um, so uh, next, Steve, we have uh, a, a trio of mounted units. Yeah, basically, you have, um, as I know how much you enjoy your uh, elven, putting your elven cavalry together, mate, you've had so much fun doing them. The, I don't know yeah. if you'll know these, Kyle, actually. Uh, where's, the, where's the camera? In fact, the background so, yeah. marks. Specifically said to me, you had some of the older ones with the lances. Yes. Heads, or I have added the new unit. Yeah. So it's two regiments of um, Stormwind cavalry mm-hmm. and a troop of silver breeds covering did you upgrade the one to the with the new special i upgraded role? one of the um regiments to the lancers yeah yeah, yeah. which is increases waiver yeah that upgrade right. is kind of a no-brainer right i was going to say what do they again as i said um, sean specifically said he had some of the the older um the older uh models which come actually the models come with lancers don't they so yeah yeah so of what it would be ideal for him to tell the show the difference when he's against the opponent that the newer ones are the uh, standard ones and the yeah the older ones are the, uh, is the upgrade. Is the idea here to have the silver breeze sort of screening? Mm-hmm. The you got it in front. Yep. Yeah. So putting them in a position where you can give cover to yourself from any kind of incoming shooting is a really good thing. Uh, the upgraded. Cavalry are going to have nimble on them, which means that it's going to be a lot easier for you to charge around the silver breeze if they get an unlucky waiver or something like that. So if they get stopped up in front of you, you're going to be able to, you know, pivot, kick out of one way and get past them. So, uh, yeah, I, I like it quite a bit. And obviously you're, you're supplementing the rest of your force because the glade stalkers are shooting a little bit. Now you've got silver breeze cav that are also shooting a little bit as they're coming down the field. So it's, it's a really nice compliment both ways. And they're fast. Elven They're fast, yeah. are fast. They are surprisingly fast. Right. It catches people out, to be honest. Cool. Um, and then we've got the uh, new elf formation. Now, I put this in purposely because, as you said, you really, really wanted some of the new stuff in. Yeah. And I knew you already had, as you said to me, you had a, um, was it a regiment of the 
Dracon. Dracons, the yeah. newer Dracons, and a yeah. Dracon Lord from your uh, uh, box set you bought, didn't you? The, yeah. Um, League of Infamy. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it would it would be nice to get this uh, formation up and running. So. So what do these do, Kyle? What's the, What's this uh, this new formation, Kalos Hunters? What What makes it good is the nimble mm-hmm. on the Dracon regiments. So back in second edition, Dracons had nimble. Yep. And that was the that was the thing that made them so scary. Um, so much so that it was found that it should be taken away because it was too much. Uh, it, it, people, I think that this is, if you're not as seasoned as a Kings of War player, this may be a harder unit for you to use. But the potential with these is just insane. Um, if you can be patient enough to actually set them up, the way that they need to be set up. That means if you're not charging until turn five with them, that's okay. Because if you're charging in turn five, uh, it's, it's probably going to be a flank or a rear. And then suddenly they're absolutely worth it. So that's, that's where you swing the game in your favor. You know, while, while your opponent's dealing with your foot combat forces, you can keep these out of a threat range because they can move so fast and they can pivot out of arcs. That's what you're going to look to do is, is where you land them. You don't want to land them in someone's arc, you know, either yeah. fly past them and pivot so that you're that's just when not the nimble, their... That's when the yeah. nimble really kicks in. To get that extra yes. pivot, it makes all the difference. You can just fly yeah. at one plank and then just pivot to face. And it's like suddenly you're you're, you're in the back arc or flank yeah. arcs of, of, of the enemy. And because that's when they really hurt. If they hit a flank or a rear, they, they oh, will delete hordes. I, um... I, I think that there's a tremendous value in just the threat they can project. Mm. So just the idea in your opponent that they don't want you to get those behind them uh, is going to change how they play. Exactly. So you're, you know, you've got units that they want to come engage to get them to stop shooting at them. So they want to move forward. Then you've got Dracons that they want to get behind them, which <laughs> wants to keep them back. Yeah. So, that's fantastic. And then you also have the ability with these, um, you know, if you come up across like an Abyssal Dwarf player that's that's just loaded up on cannons or goblins or something like that. Like if you really need to, those you don't need to worry about the flanks and rear so much, but you can go shut down a whole lot of shooting and, and keep your that's army safe. It's a lovely formation. Yeah. One of the interesting things um, I picked up on, Kyle, from uh, I'm sorry to keep referring back to it, but uh, 16 hours of it is embedded in my memory uh, over the last few days um, was uh, particularly in the Tom Robinson game about how you were referring to how patient he was. And you, you've yes. just referred to it there about holding Dracon yeah. riders back. And even if it's a fourth or fifth turn or maybe sixth turn charge, you can, you might be in the flanks or rears. So is that, is that a style of play, do you think, that uh, bears fruit where you don't angry charge across the field? Just bide your time, wait for that opening, wait for that positioning, play that positioning game. It, you can do it, but you have to have the right list for it. Yeah. Right. You really do. Because if, you know, if you're if you're playing a, a combat heavy army, you know, an alpha strike style army playing. You want to get is, you want Yeah, to that's, that's, that's not. Yeah. If you had four hordes of, hordes of Dracons, I tell you no. Why are you trying to be patient? That's <laughs> go ahead and crack open a flank. It's like, and then... it's like playing an orc army, isn't it? With, with all yeah, the hordes yeah. of Axe and Morax and that. They don't want to be hanging around at the back. No. They want to be. In they can your get face. stuck in the they grind. That's be... fine. 
yeah. move as fast as they can towards you and smack, <laughs> yeah. you know? That's but what you, they do. If you've got the tools like, you know, a regiment of Dracons, you can be patient right, yeah. and wait for them to do that because you know they want to yeah. and then punish them once they do. Yeah, and that, that certainly came across in, in Tom's uh, game that was on the live stream with the Northern Alliance. How he mm-hmm. uh, was it the Snow Foxes uh, that he was yeah. using quite subtly. Mm. Um, and eventually, uh, I think he, he did he table the guy that he was playing. He, was yeah, he did one one game, I think, pretty sure. Because yeah. yes, I did watch, sit down and watch all sixteen hours as well. And I was oh, actually wow. at the event. You were there. I still, yeah, I was still there, but I still sat down and watched the sixteen hours afterwards. It was a good time. It was. Yeah. It was a great, yeah. great event. I, I'm gutted I missed it. Um, and then we move on Next, to uh, we've got the Dracon Lord. He's part. Is he part of the formation? He's part. Of, he also gets uh, D3 Rampage, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's mm, just a great little bonus. Yeah. It's a great little bonus. Is Rampage, Rampage and uh, Slayer? They are two. They're new two special new rules. rules. So big stuff and and smaller stuff. Uh, it's not everything. Uh, you'll notice like chariots are excluded from mm. from those, uh, but rampage can be really good against mm. even cavalry, mm. you know. So it, especially with a dracon lord, like that, that can be a good thing. Um, oh yeah, you get him then, in with one of the regiments into mm-hmm. the rank of somebody or something. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Again, you can delete hordes. It's as easy as yeah. that. I like how you you talk about deleting hordes, but you haven't factored in my dice rolling, Steve. You know my dice rolling. It's uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, two bolt throwers and then uh, a bunch of characters. So uh, yeah. what are we thinking there, Steve? Well, I like to put the bolt throwers in. They, they don't seem to get much use, but I seem to whenever I seem to come up against them or play with them myself, I I always find again, as um, Carl said, plink damage, especially mm-hmm. late game. Because the amount of people that yes. are more dealing with anything else, killing your other troops and stuff like that. But what you've got to remember is they're wounding their own units as well. Their units are getting into combat. They're taking damage. You could have a unit one point off of like, breaking, being dodgy nerve. All you need to do is get one hit on them, cause mm. damage, and you can reach out. Was it 48 inches, is it? For, yeah, uh, it's, for it's a, a huge range. So, there you And for, was it 90 points a shot? Yeah, can't go wrong, really. It there, it's really good to to be able to target things that are you know height four or higher. So, uh, if if your opponent's got some frost fangs, they're sitting way on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. That's a good target, you know. Uh, <laughs> e- even if you get an early waiver, just a lucky yeah. waiver, just from damage, that that changes the game entirely. Yeah. Uh, if they've got a giant, if they've got you know a, a dragon or some kind of big big target like that, the the bolt throwers are it's it's great to throw. Well, that's the thing. Once you put a few too. wounds on something like that, mm-hmm. they're a bit more cautious what they want to do, especially if oh, they've yeah. got a lot of heal, if, or they might not have no heal at all. Like you know, mm-hmm. so if you put two or three wounds on that dragon, or two or three wounds on that giant, or something like that, they're suddenly thinking, mm, do I really want to charge that in now? Do I really want to advance with that? They're having to be a bit more cautious. Yeah. Okay, and so then, yes, yeah, so a couple of archmages, and then we've got the new character, the king's yep. champion, new hero. Sorry. Um, yeah, I thought I'd put him in. Um, he sounds. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to work, but I thought to bring him up um, to use him with a uh, backup for the um, with the glade stalkers and the pass guard, basically. Kyle, did you have any input on the design of the king's I, champion? I didn't on him in particular, but I really do like him. He's got Aura, Fury for Kindred only. 
crushing strength okay. one yes duelist elite melee individual mighty phalanx mm-hmm. and very inspiring that's the one thing this army really does lack is 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 a bit, a bit extra in, inspiring yeah so you know he he is a for 145 points he, yeah that's that's such a nice little toolkit um mm-hmm. duelist on him he's gonna wreck most individuals okay. take it up to 14 attacks yeah Ooh. with elite with a one and if you've got I, I got the one of the wizards i think i put with bane chant as well get a bit of bane mm-hmm. chant on him as well Ooh. yeah making him crushing too that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna delete any character he gets into hand and combat with yeah uh, it, that's just a nice he's, he's on foot too but he's speed yeah. seven so that's but that's why i thought on foot with the with the glaze stalkers and the balance guard yeah. Giving mm-hmm. them the um, fury as well, and and he's got mighty. So if you really need to just chaff exactly. something up, he can That's do it. Right. And I said, with the, as you said with the speed with the speed seven as well, charge of fourteen, pop out, get yeah, that, somebody. A weakness that the palace guard and the glade stalkers have is that they're the speed six. So mm-hmm. you can be, you know, we we call it over here in the U.S. the Mexican standoff, mm-hmm. uh, where you're looking at the same speeds, who's going to commit to going mm. into that charge range first. Right, yeah. And when you have just one unit that changes that speed mechanic, suddenly the whole thing difference. just gets blown up. Excellent. I'm a big well, fan. We need to throw down Kyle next time we're on the same yeah. continent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring my army with me. That's the thing. I, I've always been nervous to take it on a plane. Yeah. You've um, got to bring it next time you come over. You've got to bring yeah. it. Definitely. Do you go to Gen Con, Kyle? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I had an offer um, to uh, take me out to Gen Con next year, so uh, that could that could be the date. I'm typically working Gen Con, but we could, yeah. I could probably get away and yeah. play games. Sure. I'm sure you'd be able to work the same game. Yeah, yeah some yeah. time off, surely. I mean, it, it runs for, what, four days, does it? <laughs> yeah. Sleeps are losers, mate, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, you're, Those you're shows there, are, you know are what I mean? Big. You just want to game, 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 mate, you know? Yeah. To get it's the a big deal. Yeah, yeah. They I mean, always I'm, put me in front of cameras at Gen Con because, like, whenever there's interviews with people or stuff like this, they're like, "Yeah, Kyle." <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, thanks, thanks for that, Kyle, for that uh, that critique of of that list, Steve. You, you can pat yourself on the you back. You did good. Now, yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. Okay. I almost so, think I know what I'm talking about. Almost, <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, uh, I shall. Well, I think probably by Christmas I should have this uh, red yeah. table ready. Um, you guys, you've got to get you signed up for an event next, mate. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's lots of demands on my time. Exactly, <laughs> there is, mate. That's the hard part. Yeah, sure. Um, let's just look forward a little bit then. We've just mentioned Gen Con, Kyle. Um so 20 what's 2022 shaping up like for mantic stateside you know pat does pat lewis does the pathfinder program and he also organizes the shows that we do but adepticon and gen con are sort of the perennial givens i didn't go to gen con this past year because there was really not much that i needed to do like my actual work normally i meet with retailers I bring them like a little package, gift package kind of thing. Hey, here's the stuff that's going on. I tell them, give them a little bit of a sneak peek and let them know what's, you know, what's happening, what releases are. This past year, that didn't really need to happen. Tons of people had canceled. Um, it was, it was, it was probably fine to go. No one from our team got sick or anything like that, so it, it would have been okay. But there just there wasn't people there for me to do my job with. 
Um, so I didn't go. Uh, Adepticon, I think, is 100% good to go. Gen Con, I think next year is going to be, you know... Massive. Yeah, we should be at this point where it's part of our world, but not the part that dominates everything, you know? Yeah. So that's the hope anyway. And those two, I know for sure I've done uh, C2 E2 in Chicago, which is uh Chicago entertainment expo comic-con. That's a mouthful. It, it's that's, that's why they call it C2 E2. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it, it was a really good show for Hellboy a few years ago. It's mm. very comic focused, so it's not really necessarily board games and war games, but uh, you know we, we've we've shown some things with Umbrella Academy that could be a good thing um, to talk about or at least promote in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we, you know, Hellboy has got a Kickstarter that's going to be delivering fairly soon, so that's another thing that we could deliver and maybe mm-hmm. hit up and, and go to. And those things are a total blast. Those shows are mm-hmm. amazing. Um, we we the big shows are important, but at the same time. The Kings of War tournament scene is what I like to get around and go to and travel to. And yeah. something that we've done uh, as a sort of expanded. You guys know about the Clash of Kings trip in the UK. Yes. Where yeah. the winner with the you know highest placing Mantic Army gets tripped to the US. Uh, we, we want to grow on that. Mm-hmm. So in, in more of a promotion to get people to bring Mantic Armies to these big events and also to promote the big events themselves or various events around the country. Uh, we're starting with Lone Wolf in Texas this year, which you guys have probably at least heard of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, um, Mark Cox holds it, and it's a fantastic tournament. Dan and uh, Paul Welsh and Nick Williams, they've all come over, John Falks, um, and and have glowing reviews of it, and they've, they've enjoyed it. I think they even sort of based uh, the Four Foot Snake GT off of their experiences at Lone Wolf um, with soft scores because we're big on soft scores over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need but, to move to the States. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I've always chance. found that really bizarre because um, in in the Warhammer days, soft scores were king over here as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we most tournaments had soft scores, sportsmanship, painting, and it was all combined. It just seems to be Kings of War that soft scores. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's just bizarre. I just do find it really bizarre. But but Lone Wolf is going to be a tournament that is also uh, going to be a qualifier for a flight mm. to the oh, UK. Oh, nice. So oh. that's that's the the kind of the big news of what what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So the and and Texas in particular is a region that has has probably a low showing of of primarily Mantic miniatures. You know, mm-hmm. there are groups, the Dojo Group. Um, you know, Jeff Swan's group, mm. those guys have all uh, really adopted the Mantic stuff. They've all got really nice Mantic armies. Dustin mm. Howard's got a great Mantic army. Brad McKay mm. does. And so they they want to win a trip. You know, it's very mm. difficult for them to come all the way to Chicago. If if you were driving, it'd be, it's, you know, 16, 18 hours, something like that. Um, so it, they typically like to hop in a car and go to a tournament that way. And mm-hmm. We're starting with Lone Wolf to see how it goes. Uh, we would like to see uh, someone get flown over there for the Clash of Kings events, and we'll probably end up rotating it. So, you know, we do Lone Wolf one year, and then we move it to another event, uh, Bug Eater, uh, Lady to Lake, uh, you know, mm-hmm. some another big tournament that just kind of keeps the different regions of the U.S. Yeah. involved in a reason to go in. So 
I like to go to those. I'll definitely be at Masters. The the Kings War Masters is in the Pacific Northwest this year. So that's that's a big deal because, you know, London being the far point for you guys, for many people in the Kings War community, the Pacific Northwest is just, I mean, <laughs> if, if I drove, it would take two or three days. Yeah. Like it wouldn't, Whoa. it's not. It's on a different yeah. scale, isn't it? No, yeah, it's it's yeah. just going across Russia. It's like <laughs> way, way, way. so. Well, that's, that's exci- like. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. I mean, I, I I've been following clearly. Counter Charge is uh, is uh, the biggest podcast that I listen to, Kings of War wise, uh, and they keep us up to date on on what's going over there and going on over in the states. Um, and the, the Masters is something that intrigues me because mm. I, I get the feeling Kings of War is just as big as Fancy Battle ever was. Sure. Um, in the, certainly in the in the tournament scene, and this this huge sort of nationwide uh, qualification system that you have mm-hmm. with the different regions, all culminating in in that fantastic weekend that you have at Masters. That that would be something for me just to go over and watch, I think. Just mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, we've got on. the best of the rest now, too. Mm. So that, that happened in New York right in February of 20. And I was there, and it was a huge tournament. I mean, separate events. It's right. it's the Masters, which is the 64 players, eight players from eight regions. The best of the rest is just, hey, if you want to come and play Kings of War, come play Kings of War. Yeah. And we didn't do it this year because of COVID restrictions, yeah. the amount of people you'd want in a room. Um, but they're doing it again next year in the Pacific Northwest. And oh, sweet. I mean, it's just it's just such a it's a great way to do it because every I, I mean, for being the peak competitive room of Kings of War in the country. It is the most lighthearted, fun, just hanging out with your friends. Like the the great thing about Masters is that it's it. I mean, I, I say this and it's a good thing, but it's it you know it's it's typically a lot of the same faces and it's people that you see you know from all the different regions that qualify. They're they're the best players and it's one chance to be with everybody at once, you know. So. Best of the rest makes it so that even if you didn't qualify, you can still come and hang out and see people, and and it's just such a such a good time. Um, Ronnie typically comes over for that too, so yeah, try and try and make it if you can. He would have been here this year; they just wouldn't let him in the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, you mean because of the COVID? Sorry, yeah, no, oh, right. no, had nothing to do with that. <laughs> we let him into the country, or we wouldn't let him out of the country. One no, or the other, one or two, yeah, one or two. I certainly get this the sense from listening to the counter charge coverage that people just turn up anyway, regardless of whether they're playing yes. or not. They yeah. just turn up just to hang out with them. Yeah, crap. I find that really when you hear that people have flown in from some other state or something like that, and just yeah. just to be there is like wow. Yeah, I mean that is. It's on the bucket list for me, Steve. Uh, I will get over probably East Coast. Uh, Pacific Northwest may be a little bit too far for me, but uh, just because of time off from work. Yeah, that's once you hit the East Coast, you got another four-hour flight from there, six-hour flight, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, wow. it's a long haul, isn't it? Out, uh, is it Washington State? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But drive, so, uh, four, drive four hours? My God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> People complaining. I don't know. Um so uh, lots happening then in the in the Kings of War scene for 2022. 
tons of stuff. Yeah, I I I am incredibly excited for Kings of War, but just in general, Mantic right now because you know we we kind of alluded to this earlier where we're at this point where pandemic is at least in the rearview mirror and things were quiet it hit at a bad time but then all of a sudden boom here's dead zone third edition Mm -hmm. uh all of a sudden here's clash of kings that just completely Mm -hmm. throws the game on its head um people scheduling tournaments left and right you know getting getting back together uh i i want to go to a tournament that's a one day uh three hours from my house in two weeks and I've been looking through, like trying to build a list and make it work. And, and I've got things to paint and if I can do yeah. it, it's like, Oh, do I, do I want to try to like actually get all that stuff ready to go and go to this thing? And it's like, <laughs> yes, I really do. I really do because I, you know, I, I haven't played, I played in a tournament at bug eater in the spring after I got my second vaccination and everybody was kind of like cases mm-hmm. were super low and it was just like, yeah, this is great. Let's go. <laughs> I went to masters, but I didn't play. I can't play at masters cause I'm there representing Mantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but bug eater was great. You know, we're playing in a school gymnasium, but I haven't played in probably five or six months now. Oh, just like oh. that, you know, because it, oh. it's, it's where I live and I'm looking out at the trees outside my house. Like there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, and so I would love to go to this tournament and Kate, Caleb, who wasn't playing because he had a little girl, uh, unexpectedly and had oh. to be a dad with anything for the first few years of her life. But now he's at that point where he's feeling comfortable kind of getting back into things. And he saw clash of Kings and he's like, yeah, I, I want to play again. And he went nice. and again, bought an army. Um, and, and we played one game and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm in, we're playing. And sweet. it's like, Oh, sweet. I got somebody to play with. Really? Um, amazing. Yeah. So we're going to start making battle reports again, you know, like just way back in the day. Uh, as soon as the armies are all ready and painted up and good to go. And he wants to go to this tournament and this weekend and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's happening again. You know what I mean? Like everything is just alive and good and good and going. So all good. I just, I just don't know how people like you survive, but I mean, going three months without a game is like, (laughs) (laughs) I I miss one week at club. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. I have a local club that I go to every every, every Sunday evening, and then it's like, if I have to miss, but I got to miss one of those nights. It's like, oh my, it's like the end of the world. So, I, I get games the, in for sure. I play with um, Jessica Barnes. She's she's in the groups. She's she lives 15 minutes from me. Our families are constantly together, mm-hmm. and she used to come over when Jesse was mm-hmm. uh, here, and and she would always just be like, "What is this? I, I don't know what the, like mm-hmm. it just looks interesting, but I don't know what you're doing." And, mm-hmm. and eventually, Jesse got her on a table, and we, we just were showing her things and Sweet. playing, and now all of a sudden she's playing my forces of nature army, and she's completely addicted. She Excellent. went to a tournament in January of 20, and she didn't come in last place, and she actually won Best Sports. And I think when she got Excellent. that Best Sports trophy, she was like, I want to play this game now. So she wants yeah. to come to Dayton. Caleb wants no. to come to Dayton. Yeah, it's, just, it's, yeah, it's a snowball. Just what you want, it. Just what you want. Yeah. Um, Kyle, just before we uh, do move on to the next section, uh, I'll, I'll just congratulate yourself as the representative of Mantic uh, for Clash of Kings and Dead Zone 3. Um, it's been the perfect tonic as we this side of the ocean as we come out of pandemic. And as you say, it's now in the rearview mirror. Um, it just seems to have reignited, lo- certainly locally, where I am in, in, yeah. the, in the mid, mid-UK, in the Midlands, 
the love of Mantic, uh, certainly in my club. I know Steve, you're yeah. you're absolutely chomping at the bit, aren't you? At the oh moment. yeah, definitely. This yeah. this this book, this. Well, I'm sorry, you can't <laughs> see it. The map. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That book. I ain't got no That's fancy damn background. Don't get me. It is. It really is something special. Um, the amount of love and effort that's gone into that. We've got two whole new armies. Um, the, it's really changing up things in a positive way. There's no nerfs. Everybody's yeah. had a little buff, which I think is brilliant. But mm-hmm. we haven't got this. Um, We're through a year and work. a half of bad. It's like yeah, looking yeah. open it up and be like, oh my god, that army's worse now. Great, it's like, <laughs> no fun. So uh, I, yeah, I just want to take my hat off you uh, off. Uh, for you uh, their cards so uh, as as part of mantic well done well done absolutely there's um, a huge crew involved it's 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 definitely not just me i mean the, no. the rules committee the play testers everybody involved with kings of war um they share the same passion it's a big part of it and with dead zone rob berman your next guest that he is just as passionate about dead zone as i am with kings of war yeah. and you know that's exactly what you want from the company. You want an internal champion for something. And, and he's a huge part of it. And I think that dead zone in the current state of things, what, you know, Andy Sharp, uh, was able to do and, and all those guys involved, um, just brilliant stuff. So yeah. it's really good. I'll take part in a, a paint and chat with, uh, Rob and Andy on a Friday night, uh, from time to time. Uh, and it's been a great privilege to uh, to hear the development of these games and, sure. and what's coming. And so uh, you know the the love is is real. The fanboy worship is with yeah we. <laughs> yeah, we it's the I thing, don't mind doing it? that to Carl, but I'm not doing that to Rob. No, no, no. <laughs> right, Kyle. Um, the time has come. Are you, you're worried. Oh, you've about been worn out for this bit, haven't you, Bob? Oh. <laughs> no, Carl's worried about this bit. So, um, just for the listeners, um, a new section uh, for the Play Nice Radio podcast uh, for any time that we get a guest on is uh, a little quiz that we're calling How Geek Are You? And hopefully in post production i'm going to put some lovely fuzzy music Magical on. music and yeah yeah uh, game show and whistles game and... show style um you're worried about this kyle however um I'm you've already i can see that no, i can no, see no, that no, look on carl's face at the moment yeah. it's like what have i let myself in for <laughs> you played computer games video games back in the day so yeah, listen yeah. yeah okay so there's there's one pertinent question coming up regarding that so there's no right or wrong answers okay that makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'll just close it, Google here one second. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. These are opinion pieces. But okay. Dependent on your the 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 answers are weighted. So, okay. Gotcha. Uh, and and there's you, no right or wrong, but uh... there's no right or wrong. No, no. But you will receive a percentage score. Okay. The good thing, as we've already highlighted, is you will become the number one geek of yeah. Play Nice Radio, having completed this, For now. regardless of your score. <laughs> We could grade you an F, and you would yeah. be the top. I like the sound of that. Are, are you <laughs> sitting? Are you sitting comfortably? I'm good. Do you feel ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. Let's go. It's ten questions. Oh man. Okay. It's quick fire. It's quick fire. Okay. So okay. Really okay. Snappy answers. That's yeah, what yeah. we want. Okay. So question number. One. You haven't heard this, Steve, have you? I'm no, sure. I haven't. I'm yeah. waiting with bated breath. Yeah. <laughs> so we we'll do this this with you another time. But question number one. Complete the title to this well-known sci-fi film franchise. Star 
Trek. There you go. <laughs> Wars. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You've got to go yeah. with your first answer. Go with your heart. Go with your heart. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Question number two. Authors. George R.R. R. Martin, Tolkien or Brandon Sanderson? Tolkien. Who is cooler? I've actually read. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who is cooler? Captain Kirk, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Commander Adams, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Mal Reynolds, Serenity. I gotta go with Kirk. It's the only one I know. <laughs> Question number four. Nintendo or Sega? Oh, I had both. Ah, uh, Nintendo. Question number five. Films, Goonies, Gremlins, or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, Goonies. Have you seen? Have you seen all of them? Yes. And your answer is? I'll go Goonies. Controversial. Yeah, yeah. Now, this one's a little bit tricky. I don't know how this will translate across the Atlantic. However, I'm going to ask it. Question number six. Right. Yeah. Dramatic pause. Have you ever written the word boobs on a calculator? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> boobies. <laughs> boobies. 531-8008. Yeah. <laughs> Get in. You see, you you t- you're telling me you're not a geek. Uh, your answers are proving <laughs> you otherwise. Lesbo. Yeah. <laughs> I, know yeah I thought I thought that was a generation thing, to be honest. But yeah. I was being so much older than you, Kyle. Uh, I may have referred to that already. Question number seven: Comics, Marvel, DC, or Independence? I when I was a kid, it was always DC for me. Man after my own heart. <laughs> oh, this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. Uh, question number eight. So this is to do with uh, love and relationships. Okay. <laughs> Which is unusual in a geek quiz, isn't it? Because it's all right. it takes us a long time to find love when you're geek. <laughs> How long did it take you to tell your current partner that you play with toy soldiers? Immediately. After the second date, after a year of being in love, or you haven't told them yet? <laughs> That'd be bad if it was that one. Um, <laughs> it was It was probably about a year. A year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't playing at the time, so, you know, that's... Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah, you, yeah. you don't need to make any excuses. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been in that same boat at one time or another. Some of us more than others if we've been married more than once. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, nine. This could be controversial, actually. Um, again, uh, there's a bit of an Anglo-centric angle to this, but whether or not this translates to the US, I don't know. What is your favourite pizza topping? I'm not giving you any options. Oh, no, no I'll give you some options, actually, because I've only got four th- five things. Here we go. Cheese and tomato. Hawaiian. Something spicy, pepperoni, or anchovies? I, I I would pick something spicy primarily. I would do like a sausage and banana pepper kind of thing. Uh, 
I am not averse to a Hawaiian, though. I like them quite a bit. Deep pan or thin crust? Oh, I... I'd go thin crust before deep, but that's just kind of where regionally in the U.S. that's that's where that's where it's at. So that, that that's a supplementary question, Kyle. That yeah, was gotcha. That's not part of it. Yeah, I no, understand. no, no. <laughs> I added extra. Okay. Um, question number ten. You you see, you're nearly there. Yeah, and I mean, good. how painless has this been? We're good. Yeah, it's good. I'm happy. Can you name all four teenage? Mutants, Ninja Turtles. Donatello was my favorite. Yeah. Leo was in charge. Raphael and oh no, colors, <laughs> colors. Donatello. Michelangelo. Oh man. Yes. Get in Listen. there. Get in there. I, I just don't know what you're worried about, Kyle. Mm. Yeah. That, that, that wasn't a bad performance. If if Rob beats this. I'll be impressed. No, Rob's okay. not going to beat this. I mean, oh, sorry. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Oh, Sean's got to do mass. We could I be a while. I may edit this bit out. <laughs> no editing. But no, ed- no, there's there's definitely no. editing. I've got bits of music to go in. And, and there's sure. a there's a story to go that I could tell from uh, the telling your partner what you do. Well, because I I left my job, obviously, to come work at Mantic and I worked in insurance um, with my wife's family owned insurance agency, Okay. which is obviously a very stable uh, third generation kind of business uh, that, that paid great, you know, great benefits, all that kind of thing. So to explain not just to her, but to them as well that I wanted to go sell the toy soldiers that I, you know, play with all the time. And that that was my uh, career move is, uh, was a fun thing. to well, do. That was an interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. I, it, it must be one of those things where uh, this is my life's passion, darling. I yeah. need to follow yeah. my heart. <laughs> and it's this is soldiers. just what I want to do. Yeah. We're only jealous of you, Carl, though, really, when it comes down to it. Oh, incredible. Me, me and Bob would love to be doing what you're doing. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Uh, are you ready, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, let's hear what I do. How geek you are. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll add in some drum roll. Down about here. Target number. We set the target number. And uh, a dramatic pause, because in all the, the X Factor and American Idol, there's always dramatic pause, isn't there? Kyle Przlenski, you are 66% geek. Okay. That's more impressive. than I thought. That's more impressive. than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the, the, the one or two areas where you could have improved. Okay. Geek status. <laughs> However, I feel like you're comfortable with where you are in your geekness. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I consider myself more of a nerd than a geek. I think more of a nerd. Now that's an interesting conversation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Geek but or nerd? I definitely think you would. You you got higher a percentage than I would. Really? Okay. Especially well, when you got to the comics, I'd be going no, no, be no or dandy. I don't think they have those in the states, mate. <laughs> have you heard of the be no or dandy? No, no, you don't. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, so uh, with this groundbreaking uh, new uh, segment of the Play Nice Radio, uh, I'd like to thank Kyle for uh, turning up and uh, taking part in such good spirit. And uh, Kyle does go to the top of the Play Nice Radio Geek. Thank you for now. Congratulations. Well done. Well done, mate. Well done. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) The victory by default. This is the way I like it. Well, listen, you've just got to keep ahead of Rob. Okay. We are we are the uh, original members. Myself and Steve are the original members of the Rob Berman Appreciation. Hey. <laughs> I'm member number one. You're member number two, Steve. Oh, really? I'm secretary. You're treasurer. <laughs> okay. Right. We're yeah, gonna. We won't be able to get Rob on this screen like next next episode. His head would be so. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll minimise him. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, we're running a little bit long. I do apologise, Kyle. But that's sorry. all right. We're My gonna... day's almost done now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pressure's off. How, how much longer do you need to keep it, uh, for us to keep you going? Uh, about you can... 45 more minutes. Okay. Can we do that? Is that <laughs> See what we can do. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to uh, the last section then, which is Hobby Roundtable. So this is uh, broken down into three sections. Again, a little bit quick fire, just uh, looking at the last purchase, last painted or built unit or figure, and the last game you played. Yeah. Uh, Steve, do you want to kick off, actually? So last purchase. My last purchase. What, model-wise? Well, or hobby, hobby-related. Hobby-related. What was the last on? thing I bought? Um, it's magnetic tape. That's exciting. Magnetic tape. Magnetic tape from my Morty bases. From Ah, my uh, undead army that I'm working on at the moment. So that was my last purchase. Kyle, I don't know if you're aware of uh, Steve's current uh, project with the undead, but you've gone zombie legion mad, I think, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Always wanted to do it. Awfully nice. Zombie zombie based army, so. Yeah. And the legions. Three legions, three regiments, three trolls of. Horde tro- hordes of trolls, three gorb lights, and three necromancers. No better time to do Boom. it than now. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, you are a painting monster, Steve. You paint almost every day, I think, don't you? I do paint every day, yeah. So, last painted... Do that. Yeah, me too. Last painted or last built model? Zombies. There's a surprise. <laughs> zombies, more zombies. Even more zombies. You can come back wow. a year from now and I'll still be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> zombies, zombies, zombies. I hate making the models. I, I love painting them, but I'm a bit mm. like you when it comes down to a Bob. You know what I mean? Yeah, Putting yeah. the models together. I'd rather someone else did it for me. But it's been quite good with these legions because um, I'm not just using the man models. I've been using some um, odds and sods from other companies because I've gone down the line of different animals. So I've got like a a, a zombie rhino, a zombie cow, zombie unicorn. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> zombie halflings. So, yeah. Although the fact that you're talking about zombie unicorns, I must put out some sort of warning uh, because yeah. of children listening to this. Oh, my God, yeah. This better be like <laughs> unicorns. Um, unicorns we've lost forever. our PG rating, mate. Um, last game. Last game was a game of King's War um, on Sunday with my Night Stalkers. Um, which is the army I'm going to be taking to a tournament um, this Saturday coming, actually. So uh, just started using the Night Stalkers, finished painting them about a month ago now. So I've been cracking out a few games. I haven't won a game yet, so I thought it'd be perfect to take to a tournament. Totally so it's been a bit of a steep learning curve. From I'll take it units it of mummies to um, units of yeah. scarecrows and that, it's suddenly like... Oh. <laughs> 
So was that a loss, Steve? Yeah, I, as I said, I haven't won a game with them yet. So, okay. so. Well, you might have drawn. I was, I was no, 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 absolutely tabled. So. So, uh, okay, it's all, it's all going well. Looking forward to the week, ter- tournament at the weekend. So. Well, good luck at that, mate. Good luck at that. Uh, Kyle, last purchase, hobby-wise. I just got it in the mail today. Uh, it was a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I got new terrain for Dead Zone. I got a Basilean Mega Army, the Paladin Knights, and then three regiment boxes of water elementals because I'm Ooh. looking at doing a Green Lady Army. Nice. Wow. So that was my, I'm going to commit and do it. And it does it does make it a little bit easier when you've got the employee discount going for you. Yeah. yeah. You can bite the bullet just ever so slightly easier. So, uh <laughs> It's, I'm it's loving totally... the water elementals and the uh, I'm loving all the elementals of Mountain I'm making to be honest. You know what I mean? They yeah. are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, they're gorgeous. They really they? are. They really are. Yeah. Um, is that next year's army then, Kyle? When it, when should, when will we see this on the table? If I actually get it ready, it would be for like that Adepticon time frame somewhere in like March. Yeah. It's that winter painting project. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Do you get snowed in a lot where you are? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> Yes. Living out in the sticks, isn't it? Yeah. We, we live um, just south of the Great Lakes, and so okay. there's a lot of lake effect snow. Basically, the, the lakes get the water gets picked up and then just dumped right on top of us. So, <laughs> so last painted model or unit or built model? Uh, I finished my ships for Armada, my Twilight Kin ships. So I was waiting, waiting for them really to get into Armada. Um, I love the game. It's a fantastic game. I don't know if either of you have played it, but it's, no, I yeah. mean, it, it, you, Dead Zone's that great beer and pretzels game. Yeah. You, you, you're you taking advantage of heights and you're you're getting some cool models on the board. Uh, but ultimately, dice rolls are kind of determining quite a bit of it. it you know, whoever can roll the most eights or, or can get themselves in a position to get more dice added or whatever cool combos with a com- command dice kind of thing. But Armada is a lot more like Kings of War because you mm. you positioning is everything. Those those boats have momentum and you have to pre-plan the momentum. You know, you've got movement steps where they basically go, you know, one, two or three mm. and you can only go up or down one step uh-huh. between turns. So when you're trying to line up that perfect broadside or, you know, a raking fire, basically where you, you mm. completely uh, go straight down them, that you get double double damage where it's very similar to King's war where you're trying to line up flanks and rears. Um, so you're trying to sail around and, and get that perfect lineup with what your opponent's doing. Um, boarding actions are, are devastating. So uh, it's, it's a great fun strategic game that has a ton of potential and uh, twilight King was my flavor. So that was what I was waiting to get in on, um, which I finally, the ships finally came out and I got them painted up right away and, did it in like a weekend because I was so excited. It was just like I want to do it and get it done. It was great. So yeah, they're beautiful models, aren't they? The elf mm. uh, ships that have just uh, uh, that have been uh, released very recently, they are gorgeous, and I think that might be my uh, tipping point to get into Armada. Yeah. Definitely. And there's more fleets coming next year. So. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, maybe in, in the post-credit sequence, we uh, might squeeze you, Kyle, oh, <laughs> for some news. <laughs> uh, last game played. 
Uh, last game was yesterday against uh, Jessica. She, I was trying out the <laughs> Green Lady list for the first time and just threw a bunch of uh, bases down and some proxy stuff and uh, just wanted to see how some certain units would work and, and the idea of the synergy that I wanted to put together in my head. And she was playing her Forces of Nature and uh, she won. So, yeah. Nice. Very I, uh, Jessica. Very yeah, yeah. I, I did not... Um, uh, first time playing an army, you kind of have low expectations for what's going to happen. You don't really know yeah. the the tricks. Yeah, um, <laughs> I had put Nimble on a horde of water elementals, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I, I got to use it once uh, with a surge <laughs> and got into a flank of a greater fire elemental. And that was like that one one instance of a tactic working out with a surge and, and having the Nimble on him. I was like, okay, I, I do, I do want to play this army. Now I just got to make it work. So, cool. yeah. Come on, uh, then, Sean. How about yourself? Come on. Yes. Uh, last purchase, Cracker. I've been on a bit of a buying spree at the moment. I think probably the uh, Dracon Riders, uh, the the box of uh, three Dracon Riders and the Dracon Lord uh, is the Sweet. last purchase. So that they will be built, uh, hopefully, over the weekend because I'm, I'm now free from the commitment that I did have, uh, which is another story. Uh, so that's last purchase, last painted or built well i've been building elven cavalry so it's coming out my wazoo carl you 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 should see the 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 messages i've had from sean (laughs) over the last couple of days i'm I'm not a great fan of building now sean is allergic to actually super glue so he has a bit of an issue um, when it comes to putting models together uh i found a um an odorless superglue uh, by a company called Rocket. Okay. That uh, Amazon sell, uh, and that that works pretty well. But the drying time is a little bit slower than typical uh, superglue. I've never tried the uh, the Excel the spray accelerator. Accelerator. Uh, I don't know if that would work. I must must give that a go. But uh, yes, yeah, it, it so. works extremely well. It's just it does make it a little bit more brittle of a connection. Ah, okay. So right. keep that in mind. Yeah, sure. So I've built probably well. I've built all the cavalry that we talked about in the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially, you even done so, some conversions, I'm sure. One or two conversions for if I ever want to have mounted heroes. Uh, yeah. So the, the archmage or the king's champion. That's one thing I would have liked to add it to your list actually, if I could have fit it in, was to actually adding a mounted character mm. to maybe run with the um with the with the cavalry mm-hmm. group, just add a little bit of inspiring. A little bit of punch. The reason uh, I've got the map of Mantica behind me is that I'm sat in my office. And I'm just yeah. Well, I've already heard this story, Michael. I'm buried in sprues, <laughs> <laughs> plastic sprues. Oh yeah, 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 everywhere, all over the place. So, but yeah, so that that's the uh, built last built. Uh, I've not. Oh, I've painted. I've painted a, a, the heroes actually. Uh, mm. Heroes. I'm I'm looking at my king's champion, my two archmages. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so they're done. Uh, and then last game played, I actually played Kings of War uh, last week at my club. I took Dwarves, 1,500 points. You won as well, didn't you? <laughs> I won. I, won. I know. I, I was game. like... I, I, was I won shocked, game. You know? against somebody who's even more inexperienced than me, I have to say. Yeah, well. <laughs> but they have to start somewhere. If you somewhere. stick with it, eventually, yeah, there'll yeah. be more and more people like that. That's yeah, right, exactly. yeah. 
So uh, he, he got Night Stalkers, which was essentially the Mega Army plus uh, a few bits. Uh, and my dwarves, uh, which is the dwarven mega army plus, plus a few bits, but uh, it was my first game of Kings of War since the pandemic. Mm. So that was uh, it's been a long time coming, and sure. so first game of third edition, uh, absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, and it was a good advert at the club. Actually, there's quite a few people coming over and showing interest, so uh, spreading the love. Um, okay, uh, I think we're close to the end then, guys. Um, it's about an hour and 40 minutes, so only 40 minutes over. Mm. <laughs> Is that okay, Carl? Good. Yeah. Well, you've got no choice. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. got you. <laughs> uh, any shout outs, Steve? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, I made a list of a few Kings of War tournaments that are coming up in the UK yep. um, in the next month or so. So we've got um, Christmas Carnage being run at Bristol Independent Games on the 11th of December. It's a uh, four games at 2,300 points, and it's a ranked event, so um, being run by Matt James. That's good. That should be a good event. And then moving into January, we've only got a couple at the moment for January. Um, 15th of January is the Stains of Blood 3, which is another singles. Uh, three games at 1,995 points. And then on the 29th of January, we have Kings of Hearts um, doubles. Uh, so again, three games, thousand points per player. And again, I'll be I will be in t- attendance of that uh, tournament as well. So fantastic! Uh, so a few I, events coming up on the in the Kings of War. I, th- I think you? they're all up on the Fanatics Facebook. Yeah, they're group. all up on the Fanatics or the um, is it the Masters website? Kings right. of War Masters website. So excellent. So I'm aim, personally, I'm aiming to do a trying to get an, at least at least a boy to an event each month if I can. So mm. obviously, if you can get, especially if you can get local events, where places where you can travel. Yeah. Um, in one day. So. Yeah, yeah I think it seems my, to be very popular over a one day event. So I don't know what, okay. what it was like over your over in the states Carl. if it's more it, of a two-day or a one day it's thing. more two-day stuff here i think mm-hmm. um and i don't know if that's just the distance that it takes to get to the place yeah. that you're going you don't want to yeah you know i'm going three hours for a one day so yeah 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 i mean when i'm going at the weekend is um is in croydon which is uh what's that south london mm. so i think that's two and a half hours from me yeah so and um, I, have done, I have done Mantic a couple of times, and I've even done a Manchester in a day. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is no, again, it's nothing for. So I think that's only what four hours. And yeah. That's like whoa. <laughs> that's pushing it, Bob, isn't it? It is, mate. Yeah, I'm gonna try and get to as many, I think, uh, Kings of War events next year as possible. Sort of dip my toe into this competitive world, and uh, I, I'm gonna bring the love and 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 the the coziness to kings of war i think with the it's, narrative fluffy side it's a it, like you're you're totally you have a place at a tournament table though that's the thing yeah. is like you don't it, you don't really even need to stress about it like yeah. i always find myself stressing about a kings of war game at a tournament i'm like okay okay i gotta get i'm, I'm gonna make sure that i'm deployed right i gotta watch out for that fence i want to you know okay what are they playing okay he's gonna definitely put his shooters over there like you're going through all those things and then you start playing the game and like everything relaxes and it's just you're having a good time and it's fun and and yeah. i mean 
it's no worries. Like I, I psych myself up worse than it ever is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. Well, I, I've I've entered two uh, Kings of War events. I've uh, previously and I've enjoyed both of them. Um, in my very first tournament um, in Manchester, I played Andy Sharp, Doctor Deadzone. Okay, yeah. And I I, I beat him. Uh, I'd just like to get that out on the yeah, podcast. Sure. You know, you won, and I you won, won a tournament my, game. Sure. I won a tournament game. Wow. Obviously, the unfortunate thing about winning a tournament game is that your second game is against <laughs> yeah. somebody else who's won. <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't know what the, what's the op- there's a there's a phrase, isn't there? Uh, is it called submarining, where submarine, you yeah. lose your first game and then you mm-hmm. can rise up? Well, I don't know what the opposite there. of that is. <laughs> well, it's just sinking, isn't it? Let's face it. You're yeah. floating on the on the high seas yeah. of of victory and, and enjoyment, and then you get torpedoed and sunk. And there you go, torpedoed. That's mm. what happened to me. I was torpedoed, um, and and finished last. But uh, uh, and, and finished last in the the other one actually. Uh, so yeah, so not not very successful, but I enjoyed both of them. Kyle, it's been absolutely amazing to speak to you. Thanks so much for your time. Really yeah. appreciate you joining us on the cast. I know, Steve. It's been an absolute pleasure, Absolute pleasure. Yeah, Yeah, it's Um, it's great to see you guys getting started, and I wish you all the best and success uh, growing from here. Yeah, yeah. There's there's only one way for us to go, and that's up. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but Sean, you really need to grow yourself a beard, mate, you know? Yeah, a beard envy. You know, it's just... I mean, that is a mighty effort there, Kyle. It It really is. is. It's impressive. I uh I've got a plan. What the plan is? Do you know uh Claudio? Yeah. He's yeah yeah he's got a, a nice braid going on his. Yeah. That's that's where I'd like to get to, but I need you know probably another six inches or so before I can even start to attempt that. So uh yeah, it's gonna be hanging around until I can at least try to do that, and then I'll yeah, probably do fret- it and hate I it. Keep, and... I keep threatening my missus with that as well, but you know what I mean. I'm I'm a bit worried. I'll wake up. You know what I mean? The next morning it'd be like lying by the side of the bed. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. She shaved it off. Yeah. But I, I have warned her though that she did that. Like you know what I mean? I would shave her head. So yeah. what would be worse? You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, on that note, Kyle. On that note. Kyle, stay safe. Keep doing yeah. what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Um, I really hope uh, that we our paths can cross in person uh, sooner rather than later. Sure. Um, and uh, just just keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
Listen, it's been a great pleasure. I've stopped recording now, so please don't panic. Uh, and I know we're both under NDA, but have you got anything super secret that you could share with us? Obviously, it won't go any further. I mean, yeah, let me make sure when I look at the Skype thing, make sure you're not recording. Okay. Yes. Um, it, it, next year, we're trying to keep the momentum for Kings of War going huge. And it's, it's, there's another big year. And we've got, obviously, the success that we've had recently has been in the plastics, hard plastics. And we've got, you know, plastics coming for. What? What? Uh, and. Oh. Oh my God. So, uh, are, are you sure it's okay that you've told us that? Because we are, we are oh, stopped yeah. recording, but you know. Yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. Uh, that is. I, I, that is. It just, should be uh, should be exciting. So. Oh yeah, Got to keep going with the momentum that, is just that we unbelievable. have. Unbelievable! Wow, I cannot not, believe that. Not even counter charge get this kind of stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs>